So 8 p.m. instead of 6 a.m. Quite the shift in recording time for us, huh? Much better to say good evening instead of good morning. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. Like you always struck me as somebody who was up by like 5 a.m. anyway. So like when we first decided on 6 a.m., I thought that was just like, oh, yeah, Thomas will be up, showered, breakfast, cup of coffee. He'll be ready to go. Uh, it was nice. It was nice to know that like the one time I needed to know if you were going to be up anyway, you're just like, no, I don't wake up that early. And I'm like, oh, OK, good. He's human. Yeah, no, I usually get up like 6.30 um, to help the kids get out to school and, and kind of do just, you know, my time uh, reading and such. But uh, I was getting up at like 5.40, 5.45 when we recorded at 6, just because I didn't want to roll out of bed and have you hit me or something and be like, I don't know, man, whatever you think. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm a 6.30-ish, 6.30 person too. So I was waking up at 5. When we first started doing it, I was waking up like 5.50, rolling out of bed, you know, yawning, setting everything up and then going. And then I'd shower after and I really, I was, it was taking me forever to get ready. Like I wouldn't get out the door in time for work. Basically, I was always getting to work later than I'd want to. So I started waking up at 5.30, showering and then being ready for the show to record. But I, I mean, waking up at 5.30 is miserable when you don't have to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, like we, ha- I had to, but it was like it was. It wasn't. No, I get when, you. Yeah, we're we're doing this for pure entertainment at this point. If we were getting paid to do this, it'd be different. Like I, oh, if yeah. I'd wake up at five thirty for a job, but this is just kind of like our hobby. So it's, it's really hard to motivate yourself to get out of bed when it uh when it's yeah. not getting any you any money. Yeah, it's it's the difference between like going to school with the GI Bill still. And going to school without it because with one thousand paid one thousand percent yeah and that's <laughs> that's that's actually the new reason for the recording new recording time is that I'm starting school again uh, to get a Billy master's Madison over there yeah back to school to get a master's degree in data analytics engineering and uh, I'm not going to have time to record in the morning so our new record time is going to be eight p.m which means that I'm probably not going to be able to get episodes out Wednesday morning anymore uh, unless we just have a flawless episode that's an easy edit for me. So most likely going to be like a Thursday or Friday release from now on. But uh, we'll see how it goes. If I, if, I, if I don't have a lot of homework and I'm not dog tired from my working full time and going to school full time, uh, we'll see if I can, I can get them out earlier. But for now, 8 p.m., I do feel better. Like I was saying, I'm tired. I am tired from a long day of work, but I do feel better than a 5:30 wake up. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. And if it makes you feel any better, like know that I'm done with all of my school. Like I've already finished undergrad and graduate. So while you're studying and struggling and, and hating life, know that I am I am comfortable now and good. probably not reading a book or studying. That's good. It's good that you decided to start a podcast after you finished all your schoolwork and stuff uh that would have been good advice for me like four months ago but here we are i'm gonna be for the next year and a half basically uh super busy but that's not gonna stop me from doing this podcast the 1v1 deep state podcast uh as always with me i am jake at the rake but the a's of four on twitter co-host thomas black underscore 86 on twitter the show's twitter at ovo deep state and we are on part two of our series on best and worst presidents. Last episode was best presidents. And I think I roundly won that with my choices because you'd at least heard of them. Uh, Thomas's choice is not so much. 
This week, we are on worst presidents ever, in our opinion. And uh, this one's going to be interesting because we have a lot of overlap, but we do have some differences. But for the most part, it's just going to be last part one was definitely a 1v1. This one's going to be more like a a 2v1 because we're going to be teaming up on some of these terrible presidents. Uh, But it'll be interesting to get different perspectives on why we think they're terrible because it's probably not the same. Yeah, well, it's funny because like, I mean, obviously you can you can have somebody who does something well, but you're like, hey, the principle he set was kind of dangerous. That's why I would say he wasn't the best or whatever. It turns out if you do something really stupid, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's like, well, he was trying to do right. So I think it's much easier to uh, fault find than it is to be like, hey, this guy was clearly, you know, the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think we saw that last time with our choices of best presence of of the criteria. But it's it is a lot easier to be like, well, well, this dude <laughs> really messed up. Uh, yeah, so it'll be we'll, we'll get into it, but we'll start with your number three, which was F- on R. my yeah was on my <laughs> best presence list. I'm kind of taking offense to that, so uh, let's hear it. <laughs> um, so the. The easy route would obviously be the internment camps, sure. Right? Which we had both disagree with, but little known fact, he took a dude to court because he was growing wheat on his own property for his own consumption, and under the Interstate Commerce Clause, he basically argued and won in 1942. Uh, the case, the court case was Wicker versus Felburn. Um, that if he didn't grow this, then he could have went to a store where he could have bought wheat from somebody who farmed it from another state. Therefore, under the Interstate Commerce Clause, the federal government has the right to regulate even what you do on your own property. Um, a few other like similar type cases, but that to me was the most egregious, and I think that's asinine that a president believes he has the authority to tell somebody what you can grow on your property, and that's one of the examples and I'd be curious of that specific example. If you're like, no, that makes sense. He should have done that. If you're like, yeah, that was an overstep, but the good outweighs the bad. Uh, I think, I, d- I mean, obviously he was on my best presence list. So if I go back now and say the good doesn't outweigh the bad, <laughs> uh, no, I really can, messed you up. You can admit and grow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, I think that's probably an overstep. I'd have to read the specifics of the case. Uh, as far as internment camp. Me? No, I, I trust you. I, I'm just saying, like, I'd like to know. I'd like to know like what led up to it, what the fallout was. I don't know. I don't know the repercussions, um, but I trust you that he did that. I, I mean, did he not? I, was this guy like his neighbor at one point? He's getting revenge on him. Was he just being petty? Like, again, I'd like to know what the uh, context is. But yeah, that's obviously I think it's a little ridiculous, clearly. Um, but with internment camps, I listened to a podcast that was talking about the one of the people who sued after getting out of the internment camps, they sued the, you know, the government, the U S government, and they ended up losing. And basically that court decision still stands as precedent to this day that like the internment camps were legal, which is blows my mind. Like, how is that not clearly a violation of, of rights? Uh, but I guess that, you know, if we haven't world war three, that internment camps are still an option, which is kind of crazy. Well, I'm guessing there was war, wartime powers act that, the court said justified or gave the authority, right? Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I mean, that was the the crux of it, but I don't really remember the necessarily all the details of the case. But I, like, what happened was is the guy had kind of ties into your farm thing. He had a farm, 
and uh, he lost it because he went to the internment camp. And then like he like sued for damages because he lost his farm. And it basically went all the way to the Supreme Court and he ended up losing. And it's like just insane that under like it's insane that we you can confine American citizens just for being of another foreign Japanese descent. Yeah. Any, yeah. I mean, at this point, any descent, but like at the time it was, it was Japanese. It's just, just crazy. Uh, and that's, that's still precedent as far as it goes for today. So well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to, to consider. I mean, if that was because of the wartime powers act and that's what gave them the authority to do that with how infrequently we declare war and yet still invoke, you know, wartime powers act for, for random non wartime things. Um, It'd be interesting to see how that could be abused based off what has now become just, you know, precedent or, or tradition. It was uh, Korematsu versus United States, if anybody's interested in looking that up. But I can't remember the podcast it was on. Uh, maybe more perfect. I think that might have been the podcast. That podcast is mostly about interesting Supreme Court cases. Uh, but yeah, Korematsu versus United States basically upheld... Uh, internment camps for the most part, which is crazy. Uh, any other gripes or nitpicks with FDR? I know you're, I, we, we know from last episode that any president that greatly expands executive power is going to be on your naughty list. Uh, is that, is there anything in particular that you think, uh, he did that had ramifications later on that were of negative effect or is it just kind of the sum total of his presidency? Uh, well, I mean, obviously a ton in the New Deal would still be, uh, very much debated by, by people who would be libertarian or libertarianist or even conservative for that matter, just general, like modern day conservative. Um, but I think, you know, I think those are more reasonable arguments, um, especially with the historical context of, hey, here's what was going on. Here's why they did what they did. Um, and I think for the most part, I mean, it kind of goes to your point that you made last episode where you could argue that the best form of government is a benevolent, benevolent dictatorship. And for a lot of the stuff he passed in the New Deal, you could argue that's what he was trying to do. Not being harsh on the dictatorship part, but like, right. thought, this is best. Let's use all the power I can to, to, to enforce this. But to me, this was probably the, uh, the epitome of like a, a gross overstep. Um, under the the agriculture so, so the agrarian act agriculture act i forget what the name of the act was uh agricultural adjustment act i just looked it up um that he was able to kind of fight this in the courts and to me that's just the probably the most blatant abuse of power and infringement on, on individual liberty so that's why he gets put at number three on worst presidents ever for yeah, because that, it turns out he didn't kill anybody and that's even worse. So. <laughs> well, my number three probably isn't much of a surprise. I think that Ronald Reagan tore down the Berlin Wall. Is that why he's number three? Yeah, he did it himself, <laughs> brick by brick. <laughs> I I will give Reagan credit for whatever he did right. I think that uh, he. I think his handling of the Cold War in general with regards to specifically Russia or the Soviet Union at the time was the right course of action generally. Uh, I think that the criticism he gets for that of like, well, he took a really harsh line and they, you know, it could have led to nuclear war. It's like, yeah, but he ended up being right in the end. 
So that kind of vindicates his decisions. So he drove them, you know, basically drove them to the collapse, which is to your point about the Berlin wall coming down. Um, but he did a lot of, I don't want to say he, his administration did a lot of shady and, uh, I would argue illegal things, uh, which gets him on my list, which I mean, Iran Contra is obviously the big one. How much Reagan knew, I think is a silly debate. If anybody's been in the military and knows rank structure, there's no way a, just a colonel was running that whole program with like no oversight and complete authority to trade weapons to Iran and use proceeds of those sales while Iran was under an arms embargo and use the proceeds of those sales to fund, uh, freedom, quote unquote, freedom fighters in South America. Like there's no way like you were in the military. I was in the military. Like if yeah. cur- there's no way a Colonel did that. Was by, even, like, which was North a full bird at the time. Was he just, he, he might not colonel. have been, he might've been a Lieutenant Colonel. colonel. It might've been Lieutenant Colonel North at the time, but like, it's just insane. Even It doesn't matter. Like it do, there's no way that like that one guy was the, yeah. the buck stopped with him on that sort of thing. So whether it was Reagan or somebody else higher in his, the defense secretary, whatever, uh, it, I find it hard to believe that Reagan wouldn't know about it, didn't authorize it. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I feel so like that was, similar. Like, I mean, this is 15 years ago, whenever, but I mean, like, when, uh, Snowden, you know, leaked all of the stuff with Patriot Act and all the, uh, you know, uh, warrantless wiretaps and stuff. And President Obama's initial response was like, basically, like, oh, I didn't know about it. Like, I think we were both talking about it at, like, at the time, like, 0% chance. That something that massive is taking place and the president is, is ignorant. Same to your point with, with Reagan and Iron Contra. It's like 0% chance. And, and if, if that's the truth, that's almost a further indictment that. Right. It's not good either way. Like <laughs> if Ollie North had all that authority, that's even a bigger indictment on how your administration runs things because no light colonel or colonel should be in charge of that sort of thing. Uh, so Iran Contra is the big one. I think that a lesser, two lesser known ones that I have on here, and then I'll do one last one just to really drive the point home of why I don't like Reagan. Uh, he was really him and Nancy war on drugs. I was like Nancy's big thing as vice or not vice president as first lady war on drugs. Uh, I think that we've, we're still digging out of that hole. I think that, I mean, we're just now seeing Virginia here. We have legal marijuana now. Um, but like the damage done in the eighties and all the mandatory minimum sentences for crack cocaine, but not powder cocaine really affected minority communities way worse than their white counterparts. Uh, and really, really deepened the divide of inequality. I feel like, uh, between those groups. So I think the war on drugs is a huge mistake. Uh, it kind of, my number two, our number two pick is uh, the one who kind of started it, but it really got driven up and uh, going with uh, Reagan and Nancy and Ronald. Uh, and, and the third one I'll say is the their their AIDS response. It was kind of a scandal at the time, and it looks worse in retrospect. They were real. They basically downplayed AIDS as long as they possibly could. Uh, it was a real tepid response. Uh, I don't think he even mentioned it until late in his second term. And at that point, AIDS was like raging out of control. Uh, they were, I don't know if it was 
Congress or Reagan specifically who diverted AIDS research funding. Uh, but it was during his advent for sure. And then my final point, my final point is kind of a double edged sword. His, he deregulated a lot of media and advertising, which he did a lot for deregulation as far as the economy goes. Like, I don't think our, well, for sure, we would not be in the same situation in like record highs of the stock market and blah, 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 uh, without Reagan's deregulation. But a side effect of that was that like he deregulated advertising to children. And I think that's been like the biggest mistake ever. Like it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's a double edged sword because all our favorite cartoons came out of Reagan deregulation because they were trying to sell toys, transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, GI Joe, Ghostbusters, all that stuff is because they're trying to sell toys and cereal and everything to children. And it's cool that we have all these toys and, and games and cartoons, but I think advertising to children is basically like the lowest form of uh, not evil, but it's just not their, their minds. Like the psychology of children is so obviously so underdeveloped. Like it's like shooting fish in a barrel for advertisers. And it's, I just, I think it's, it was a mistake, even though I do love a lot of the stuff that came out of it. Yeah. And then I think I hear your concern. Um, with, with your last point about deregulating, deregulating advertising of children. Um, I mean, I think even now you pretty much see like there are only certain commercials on Disney, certain commercials on Nickelodeon. Um, and even the commercial set changes for like, like early in the morning versus later in the afternoon when different age groups would be there. Um, it's interesting you bring up though, because this is my biggest point when, when I get into like, I guess a little politically homeless with the war on uh, drugs. Because even if you are trying to do the right thing, if you're like, <laughs> when you meddle to such an extent, um, or try to really broaden the scope of your power, what you're thinking is, hey, this is a good thing. This is the right thing. I have noble intent. There's always a backlash, almost always a backlash. Uh, and it adversely affects too many people unless you stick to kind of the basic tenets of, of what your office is meant to do. Um, and then that to me is another example of like, well, yeah, that's probably an easy political win because who wants to say no, give drugs to people? Like, of course it's, it's, you know, you can make that argument easily, but, you know, butterfly flaps just wings. So. Yeah. And like, nobody wants overdoses. Everybody wants to try to try to reduce overdoses as much as possible. And we just had the, like 2021 was the most overdoses on record, I believe. Uh, and it's mostly driven through through fentanyl and fentanyl-laced drugs. If drugs were legal, you'd be able to buy drugs from a certified spot like weed is now, and they would be regulated. They would not be able to have fentanyl in their product that like that you're seeing on the street and people are dying from. And it like I don't I don't want people doing heroin. I think it's a destructive drug for sure. But I also don't want people who do heroin to just die because they got fentanyl in their, you know, in their heroin. That's not, you got to give people a chance to, you know, recover. So I, I don't know. I, I'm a big, I, th I mean, obviously I'm more liberal. So I'm, it's kind of a, a core tenant or a cliche, I guess. But yeah, I'm really big on the, I mean, it's, it's a, actually a libertarian point. Like it's your body. You should be able to put whatever you want into your own body. That's like, it's not the government's 
job to tell you what's good and bad for your your own body, right? Yeah, and, and this is probably the area why I would like digress from the libertarian point of view the most. But to be honest, I'm still a little undecided because I agree with what you say, and it's like, man, like the government's responsibility isn't to save you from yourself. Um, well, it gets a little tricky to me, especially with harder narcotics that alternate brain chemistry um, and really enslave you to the drug is the effects that has on the children and how that can uh, gosh, just irrevocably set them back for the rest of their life. And they didn't do anything. Um, you know, an adult made a choice that affected the household. Right. Um, and I think that's where gun to my head, if I had to choose, I would say things such as like, marijuana and more of these recreational drugs that don't alter brain chemistry the same way that like a heroin or a cocaine does, um, at least decriminalize it, if not legalize it. Um, just from what I've kind of read and basically understood, generally speaking, and taking marijuana is just about the same as like alcohol. Like you're not going to get addicted to it the same way you would coke or heroin or anything. Um, but anyway, that we digress and we're getting away from how bad PR is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have, we, we we have on our list of topics to eventually hit the drug war, so we don't want to blow it all here. Uh, but yeah, I want you to tell everyone the OVO Deep State's consensus number two pick for worst president ever. The consensus number two is Richard Nixon. So what Nixon. are your what are your reasons? Is it is it simply just because of Watergate, or do you have other reasons? That's the that's the overarching primary one. I mean, there are certainly things he did before getting caught that uh, I would disagree with, but I think to uh, yeah, just dishonor the office and and just the tenets of our our society to that degree. Um, that's enough to get you on the list. Having said that, and this is kind of a caveat: don't think he was the first. Don't think he was the last. I think he's the guy that got caught. <laughs> um, and I think it's kind of sad because truth be told, he probably had more honor than what history will judge him for. Cause, uh, I mean, he was given pretty compelling evidence that Kennedy cheated in 60, um, specifically in Chicago. And he pretty much said, no, like the unity of the nation is more important than me winning. Um, and you could argue the integrity of the election. And I respect him for that. Like I respect him for that view. I just don't think he ever wanted to lose like that again and decided that, hey, if this is what we do, then <laughs> I'll do it. And he got caught. But nonetheless, he's still number two. <laughs> I, I Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, humans are complex and you can be honorable and dishonorable at the same time. Like it's not. Most people aren't all one thing or all the other. Uh, I think the the. The way he acted during the Watergate scandal was kind of the way he acted during his whole presidency. And it was just kind of the Watergate scandal was the straw that broke the camel's back, for lack of a better cliche. Kind of the genesis of the war on drugs. I think he used it more as a, like overtly, he was using it as a racist tool. Uh, this was right post, post LBJ and the civil rights thing, but it was still kind of in the, like 1968, like we're still in the heat of it. Uh, he, I, I don't want to say, I mean, he's number two on my list. I think it's, I think the Watergate scandal, like you said, the, the overarching scandal kind of makes you have to put him on your list. Uh, cause the seriousness of it. And again, you know, disrespecting the office, that sort of thing. But I do want to shout out, like he created the EPA. I'm, 
I'm not sure if this is a positive or a minus, but he really opened up relations with China and now our over-dependence on China can kind of be traced to Nixon opening them up uh, to U.S. trade. I think probably 20 years ago, we'd say, see that more as a positive, but now we probably see it as more, more of a negative, more of a mark against his pre- presidency. See, I would, still give him, I would still give him credit for that and say that was a good thing. I just think there, there have been just uh, tactical errors in the way we think about international yeah. commerce and globalization. Um, yeah. And especially supply chain that, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't put that on him. I would agree. That's a good thing he did. Um, yeah. I think it was good. I'm just, it's just funny nowadays that, you know, yeah, it can be traced back to Dixon. And, and now we look at it much more, more negatively. Uh, and then I think the, I mean, he kind of was the, given the mess of the Vietnam War and we eventually, you know, he got us out of that. Although, you, there's no good way to get out of it, much like Afghanistan is very similar. Um, so he did do some good things. Uh, again, all humans aren't all good or all bad. Uh, but I think that the overarching, I think without Nixon, we don't get Reagan. And since he's number three on my list, I think that's, that's an easy, easy way to get on number two. <laughs> Well, I think, it, it, yeah, without Nixon, we definitely don't get Carter because Carter was kind of, the, I mean, he was the church. The counter. Was the, right. The, yeah. You know, easy to like. Uh, didn't have the greatest four years in office. And I think that Here, led to. Here's kind of a diversion. Do you, th- do you agree with uh, Ford pardoning Nixon right away? <sighs> Pragmatically, yes. Um, I, I think it's a bad look when, uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say at that time we were the leader of the free world to be taking political prisoners. And that's how it would have looked. That's how it would have looked uh, and, and how it would have been easily spun to the Chinese and the Russians. And, and as we're trying to kind of influence the 20th century, um, we don't want that. But on the principle of justice is blind. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, it, it's, con- you know, constitutional power. The president can, can pardon and otherwise he would have been prosecuted. So I probably do it, honestly. What do you think? Would you would you have pardoned him? I mean, me, no. But I think I don't necessarily think it was a bad decision. I think the reason he did it, you know, to kind of get the country to move forward and not fracture under an impeachment or a prosecution of Nixon is not, you know, it's an honorable, in a way, an honorable uh, decision. Mm-hmm. But you can't say justice was served. I mean, he did resign, but he was already, it was already, he was already like in the second term, right? Like the whole, it's the whole point is like, who cares? Well, not second. He was going for reelection. I mean, uh, it, 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 he was, it, I don't know. I, I don't think justice was served, but I also think, don't think it was necessarily a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely justice wasn't served. That's the whole instance of a pardon, right? Like I'm forgiving instead of <laughs> right. serving justice for you. Um, so, I don't know, like I say, I mean, it wouldn't have broke my heart if we'd have been like, hey, this is America. Even our leaders are going to be held accountable um, because that's what a government of by and for the people looks like. But um, I can understand the rationale behind pardoning. I think I think another interesting question is, let's say that uh, President Trump was caught the exact same evidence, like very obvious, did it? Do you think President Biden pardoned President Trump? Um, 
maybe it really depends on what it was to so be I'm honest like exact same situation the exact same situation the modern day but just with the modern day kind of arena of our political uh, landscape right now and kind of the toxicity <sighs> i think would be fair to say of it all and then yeah Trump being who he is and yeah i don't know I, I I don't think Biden would necessarily be aggressive about it, whether he pardoned him or not. Like, I don't think it'd be something he harped on over and over again. But I don't know if he would actually pardon him to get the country to move forward. Um, it's an interesting question. I mean, Ford, Ford, Ford was a Republican, so it was easy for him to... I, Gerald Ford had such a good reputation that he got away with it. Like, he, he wasn't... If it was, like, somebody less savory... As uh, president, and that did that, I think there would have been a lot more uproar over it. But Gerald Ford was basically, you know, unimpeachable. <laughs> he, like he was a great, great <laughs> senator, like all American. Uh, he was who I, the Republicans needed to put. Right. I think office. I think people gave him the benefit of the doubt, and he he you know was probably proven right uh, by what he did. So, yeah, it, it's it's a much more interesting question when it's the opposite party. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't you know. Maybe. I don't, I, I want to say maybe Biden would, but I, I don't think he would. But I'll, like I said, I, I definitely don't think he would, uh, you know, be at the forefront attacking, attacking with it. But who knows? I could be wrong. Enough about Nixon. Drum roll, please. Who is the worst president of all time, according to the OVO Deep State podcast? Am I doing it or am you doing it? You do it. I do it. So the worst president of all time, Andrew Jackson. It would have been way cooler if you threw what? some like like Obama in there or something. <laughs> oh, I should have done that. After after we already agreed on what our list was, you should have just oh. said Obama when I gave you that shot. Come on, I man. Should, I should have I, I should have called him King Obama. Man. You you're such a Go back, amateur. You're out. such an amateur troll. <laughs> yeah, I, I gift wrapped it for you. I was like, fully expecting it. The bad thing is on Twitter, like I, I try to like not say anything on Twitter that I wouldn't say to somebody's face, like stri- friend or or otherwise. But I always have these really funny thoughts that I just don't write down usually. <laughs> so I'm out. Of, man, I should have done that. You definitely should have. Yeah, Andrew Jackson, which is interesting because we really didn't want to like do like the last couple presidents, even though I just joked you should have said Obama. Like I wasn't going to pick Trump. Uh, it's too soon to tell based on their policies and stuff, what their effects were. I think, I think we kind of set the limit at, at G, GW Bush. He, we've been long enough away from his presidency to kind of judge it. Mm-hmm. GW Bush is probably four on my list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Andrew Jackson is, I brought that up because Andrew Jackson was somebody Trump admired and brought up a lot. I believe he has, a, he had a painting of Andrew Jackson, like prominently in the White House when he was president. And it made me laugh because I think Andrew Jackson was absolutely a terrible president. But uh, speaking of trolls, like there's a part of me that kind of thinks he'd just be like, eh, I wonder how many people I can make mad by, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. That's the thing with Trump. Like I think he does stuff. I think he, he does stuff on purpose, right? Like, I think he knows what he's doing, but there's also part of me that's like, he probably doesn't even know like what the trail of tears is. Like he's only heard what the good, the good quote unquote, good stuff. Andrew Jackson has done. And I doubt he, he could even explain to you what the trail of tears is. So there is that. I don't, I don't know how much of a troll again. I, 
I try to give him credit, but then I think about it more critically and I'm like, there's just no way he do- he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> well, that's my, I guess my thing is like, there's no way he's not like, right, right. I think you can think about it both ways. So yeah, no, I thought that was funny too. I'm just like, really? Like most people go with Lincoln or somebody like to, you know, put up in the Oval Office and admire. No, not President Trump. It's straight to Andrew Jackson. Yeah. So. <laughs> So aside from the trail of tears, do you have any other any other big like this was another nonsense thing that he did? Uh, he was really the big irony of it all is he was super against the Fed, the federalized banking system. He wanted to split it up. And he's on the twenty dollar bill. I don't know if that's like a really long con, like a good troll job. That they're like, oh, you wanted to to break us up and now we're putting your face on our money because we're still around and you're not. Or if it's a terrible injustice and we really need to replace him with Harriet Tubman. I, I probably lean the latter, but I think it's funny if it is is the former. I actually do think we should put, t- uh, especially the uh, portrait of Harriet Tubman with the pistol. Yeah, that would be that'd be my that, vote. That's fire. That'd be a fire $20 bill. That would be. It'd make me want to keep carrying cash around. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, well, it's kind of funny because I feel like Jackson had like a pretty interesting and like, in my opinion, a pretty cool life um, prior to being president. Not that he was perfect, not that he didn't do crazy things, but like, you know, his wife was previously before they got married, married to a man who was abusing her pretty bad. Um, he actually kind of took care of it without killing anybody. Um, but somebody in an election basically called his wife a whore. And he went out, took 10 paces, uh, shot the guy, <laughs> retrieved the bullet, and kept that bullet on his desk until his very last day in any public office. And I was like, that's, that's that, I mean, don't talk about a man's wife. Like, that's, that's every guy knows that rule. No matter how much you hate the guy, I guess maybe unless it's like President Trump, but every other guy knows that rule that you don't talk about another man's wife. And I feel like he epitomized the, uh, his why. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's a cool story from Andrew Jackson. Yeah. And again, there's not, not everybody's all good and all bad. He's not, wasn't all bad. I'm sure he did plenty of good, but judging him by his presidency, like the trail of tears was, I don't know. It still might be one of the worst things in American history. Like there's slavery and then trail of tears. Those two are like up there. And he presided over both. And that's a unique thing in history. (laughs) That's true. I mean, he, (laughs) yeah, he, he was, uh, I believe he owned slaves himself, but he was definitely more pro slavery. He, and it's a complicated history, right? Like it's, there's a balance between like he could see a civil war was brewing. So you, you, you got to give some benefit of the doubt that some decisions are made to keep the union together versus like just being, you know, a racist zealot type of person, which I, you know, for his time period, I I don't, there are some characters in history who are like Woodrow Wilson is pretty widely known to be more racist than the average person was in his time. Yeah. I'm not saying that Andrew Jackson wasn't racist, but for his time, I've never seen this is all with a grain of salt, and I don't want anybody to get mad at me. He did the Trail of Tears. It's terrible. He obviously hated Indians, given his, excuse me, Native Americans, given his uh, war record and his record of the presidency. Uh, he didn't think very highly of them. Uh, I just mean, in the context of history, 
who knows what his uh where his heart was necessarily as far as that sort of thing but yeah i think honestly just trail of tears i think he uh i don't remember the name of the scandal but he had a scandal with his cabinet i believe people were sleeping with each other and sleeping with each other's wives and it was a mess uh they didn't get a whole lot done uh that was a, a big scandal at the time and then yeah i think for me top two is or top three i guess is he was basically a war criminal uh prior to the presidency and he took that into the presidency trail of tears uh caused a huge depression because of his views on a central banking system and again he had basically pro-slavery a pro-slavery presidency but how much like how much of that was keeping the union together i can't say but those three things i think he was a pretty bad president and for sure, I think it's time to get him off our, our currency. Yeah, but yeah, you had mentioned, you know, Andrew Jackson with the Trail of Tears. You mentioned Andrew Jackson, you know, still presiding over slavery um, and just doing some uh, very questionable things, even in the military. But I think for him, he was just a militant dude. And his answer for everything was was brute force. I mean, because, you know, he had a tariff dispute with South Carolina. And he, one of his things he was considering was, why don't we just go to war with the state of South Carolina? So it's... He was just a very, like, monophic guy. Like, he had one answer to every problem. Um, and it was, it was brute force and military. And I'm going to do it until you, you physically, uh, stop me from doing it. So he, yeah, he, interesting guy. He did pay off the national debt, though. That was good. Yeah. At least in part. I mean, yeah. And then we went, had a civil war and that it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> uh, it was called the Petticoat Affair. That's what it was. All but, one of his cabinet members ended up resigning. Uh, and that's kind of what led to Martin Van Buren's rise. So couldn't keep his cabinet in order either. Another, another, uh, mark in the negative column, but yeah. So just to recap, I think the worst presence from three to one Reagan, Nixon, Andrew Jackson, Thomas, FDR, Nixon, Andrew Jackson, uh, is there anybody uh, we never, we didn't really do honorable mentions, but I hinted at, it. I think George W. Bush, I think, uh, his handling of Iraq kind of tanks his presidency for me. And that's with, you know, what are we at? 18 years of hindsight. Now we just left Afghanistan, but I don't, obviously that carried on through multiple presidencies. You can't blame it all on him. And I think, most people would agree that going to Afghanistan in the first place was the right decision. It was basically everything after that that kind of fell apart. Uh, and I think that Vice Vice President Cheney, we talk about the president expanding executive authority. Vice President Cheney wielded way more authority than any vice president ever and kind of set the precedent for that for more meddlesome vice presidents. So I think George W. Bush was definitely uh, a, the fourth on my list for me. Yeah, Jimmy Carter was, was the one I was debating between him and FDR. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there was a ton that went right. I think the military, uh, from a competency standpoint, a professionalism standpoint, kind of started to suffer. I mean, we saw that with the uh, trying to get the hostages back and the, the wrecks and everything in that debacle. Um, economy wasn't doing particularly well on the Carter. Gas prices weren't doing particularly well on the Carter. Um, but I will say for him, like, I mean, he did, he was one of probably the few presidents 
who would have policies and when he saw it wasn't working would like admit it and change course. Um, and I actually think he was probably, you know, a, a, probably one of the, the better like, human beings we've had yeah. in office. Um, I actually heard him teach Sunday school once. It was a long time ago. When I was really little. He went long. <laughs> and I weren't happy. But, uh, but he, he seems like a decent person. I just don't think he's, he would yeah, he's, he's probably the best president as a person. He's got to be top three. And that's where the sentence ends. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like I don't like what I don't as far as the presence. I just mean like he, I think he got dealt dealt a bad hand. I think a lot of stuff was out of his control. Not to say his decisions weren't weren't bad or made things worse, but a lot of stuff was out of his control. The energy crisis wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, the way the Iranian revolution, the hostage situation, like it all was just like kind of bad luck. Uh, I don't necessarily think he was a good president, but I think he gets a lot of uh, flack for circumstances outside of his control. But yeah, as far as like being a person goes, we haven't seen as good a person as Jimmy Carter hold a high office in this land uh, probably since. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's fair. So that counts. That matters. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like not, I, not it, the way we rank presidents, but you know, it matters. Yeah, in yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah, it matters in life. I, I, yeah. And the crazy thing is, he's still alive. Like, what, what is going on there? He's outlived so many of his uh, successors. Well, it was just like I mean, a few years ago, he's still building houses with Habitat for Humanity, right? Yeah. I mean, like within the last, I say few, but like within the last twenty, I think he was still going overseas. Building Probably houses. within the last like five or ten, man. Like he's still he's still out there doing it, doing his thing. How old is he? He's got to be pushing a hundred, right? Uh, let's Google it. He is 97 years old. Good Lord. That's wild. Good for him. See, when you're a good person, you live longer. Proof. <laughs> All of the science. <laughs> uh, anything else on this? Any uh, Anything we got wrong? Do you... Do you I didn't get anything wrong. Thanks for asking, though. Yeah, I'm, of course. I'm, I meant more. You want to critique me? Uh, the only question I like: Do you do you think Reagan was an overall good president or an overall bad president? He doesn't have to be top three worst on your list. But like as a as a sum total of his presidency, do you think it was overall good or bad? He undeniably had a huge impact on how things are today in America. So for good for for good or bad. Yeah. I, I, uh, gosh. Disagree with the war on drugs, disagree with a lot of his foreign policy and the way he, he, he would still intervene, um, unnecessarily. Generally agree with his foreign policy as it pertained to the Russians. <sighs> That'd be a stretch, actually, too. I don't know. I mean, he, he was, he was okay. I mean, the economy did well, but for the era of like modern politics and, uh, wanting to reduce the size of government, um, I think he did well there on, just like every other Republican, though, um, you know, still wanted to have uh, a certain amount of control over other people's lives because he thought that was the uh, morally appropriate thing to do. And I, I can't. Uh, it's hard for me to overlook that. So. He does have one of the coolest moments of uh, recorded video as a president, though. When after, so after he gets shot, he recovers. And then he's giving a speech and like a balloon pops or something. And he just kind of, he doesn't flinch at all. And he goes, ha, missed me. And like made everybody laugh. Like it was just a really baller moment. 
Oh yeah, like he he was super curious. Like it it have been fun, honestly, to see him in like like a President Obama debate, um, because it, it was both super charismatic, super quick witted. Um, I think they're both really smart. Um, like knew how to kind of work the crowd and work the camera, and was just kind of poetic in their speech. And I think that would have been that would have been a fun debate to to, to watch. But yeah, not as fun as the. 1v1 deep state debates, though. We are just oozing charisma. That is, I've been described as charismatic so many times. That is not a lie. <laughs> Very Kennedy-esque over there, man. Yeah. You just set up in your new house, I noticed, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. We are, this is not set up. This is like, you can't see the boxes that are off screen. But yeah, we're, we're getting there. Uh, slowly but surely. And hopefully, sooner rather than later because my my back is killing me from loading and unloading boxes and bending over to pick them up and move things around but that's not going to stop me every two weeks recording this podcast with you hopefully we can avoid voting for presidents that we'll add on this list in the future and you know it's it's hard to tell these days because Usually our, both of our choices for this, for the presidency are terrible. I don't think either of us are very enthusiastic with the candidates that are put forward, but what can you do? If we're still doing this podcast in 10 years, we'll do a, an, a list update and I'm sure Trump will be on mine. <laughs> I'm really surprised you showed restraint. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. Charismatic and shows restraint. That's me in a nutshell. If only people knew. But as always, we thank you guys for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at the rake, but the A is a four at Thomas Black underscore 86. Tell us who's worse than our president's list, who we got wrong. I want to hear why Reagan was the goat president and not the worst president. I'm sure Thomas wants to know how you can put FDR on a worst presence list when he guided us out of the Great Depression and World War II. Technically, he didn't guide us out of World War II. Technically. Fact check. <laughs> Technically. Uh, he's, he's, he set the, he set the plate for Truman. Truman dropped a bomb or I guess two bombs. He saw the decision before him. He's like, I gave it a good run. It's like when meeting, he's like, no, I don't want to make this call. I don't, I don't want my name attached to this. <laughs> it's like when, uh, it's like when a running back breaks off a long play, but gets tackled at the one yard line and they take him out and they put in the backup running back and he scores the touchdown. That's basically what it was. Got him all the way to the goal line. Uh, but yeah, at OVO Deep State on Twitter. This is where we post the show. Uh, one of these days, I'll get better at posting interesting articles that I read off that off that Twitter. One of these days. Join the Discord. It's in the information and the link. The link is in the information below the description. We haven't been too active on Discord because of the holidays, but I'll get back into it. Uh, I've been seeing some interesting stuff we can talk about. Uh, I'll post these best and worst lists in the Discord for sure and see what people say. Uh, because we usually get some good conversations in there. And as always, we appreciate you guys and come back next time for episode 15. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We're, we're talking about maybe, maybe education school choice. Yep. I think that'd be a good one. So we'll see what happens between now and then. Cause sometimes we have something lined up and then, uh, yeah, sometimes the, world. The, the real world gets in the way of our, our schedule and plans, but we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye.